Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the 10 Laws Podcast with East Forest. I'm Mr. Forrest, and today I'm bringing you a conversation with Sochil Ashe. Sochil is someone that Rod and I met at the Eslin. We did the Entheo Wheel, where they did that whole week about psilocybin as a medicine and all different forms and shapes. And Sochil is a plant medicine woman who is currently living down in Mexico. She's fifth-generation Peruvian uh, medicine woman, and she's leading journeys and doing all sorts of uh, advocacy and just beautiful work. And we got to know her even more because for the documentary we're working on, Music for Mushrooms, you can go to musicformushrooms.com. You'll see a landing page for that. More on that soon. But we we went down there and got to engage in conversation, which which was just magical, and we got to know each other better. And so... When I was down there, she was talking about wanting to get her podcast going. And so uh, when we went to some hot springs nearby, I was giving her all the tips I could about even just little technical stuff. And I said, I'll help you out. So she's getting the podcast up and rolling now. And I said, you know, since we're having a conversation, it's kind of like we'll do a joint pod where it's sort of for my pod, for your pod. And this is her inaugural episode hosted here as well on the 10 Laws podcast. Uh, but in the show notes, if you want to click over, she's released a few, her initial you know, few episodes and it's wonderful. So you can go over there and subscribe and, and dive into that world as well. And I know you're going to enjoy, enjoy this conversation. Uh, I will be in Europe quite soon, God willing. And I'm going to be performing at the Dreamers Land Festival in Poland, which is August 4th through 6th. And then we will be in Dublin on August 12th and London on August 13th. So very much looking forward to that. Get your tickets now. All these are intimate shows, uh, especially the venue shows, the seated shows in Dublin and London. I know it's August, but uh, you might not know what's going on for you. But get a ticket. Tell your friends. It takes a lot of work for us to get over there. And we're just really looking forward to connecting with everyone who's there. We'll be at the Ramdas Retreat the 24th through 27th of August. That's in Boone, North Carolina. All that's at eastforest.org slash tour. And I also want to say thanks to our our Patreon, patreon.com slash eastforest. That is the council on Patreon. It's a wonderful way to support the project and we can go deeper. I can share things I can't share elsewhere musically and otherwise. Check it out, patreon.com slash eastforest. And this is an evergreen podcast. So, um, I might have to take a little time off in the next couple months, um, or at least the episodes might slow down because we're doing some touring and I'm working on the documentary and we need to create a little bandwidth. But I also will be sharing some back catalog episodes you might have missed that are just as relevant today as they were before. So please check those out when we do highlight them. And just an invitation to, to go back in time at any point, scroll through all of these 260 plus episodes and see what might uh, grab your eyes, ears, and hearts and click download or save or share or listen. And it's uh, just a way to honor all the beautiful time that all of our guests have given us over the years to come on the show. And lastly, just a little housekeeping note, uh, Angel's Rest and Toad Lick and stuff, some of that stuff's been out of stock on the store, some of our perfume oils, but we're, we're working on getting it all back in stock, trying to improve our systems so our inventory doesn't go down like that. Um, but the pre-order for Burin, my album with Peter Broderick, as well as the new album, Music for the Deck of the Titanic, 
Uh, those are on the Bandcamp store. We'll get them up on Shopify any minute. But you can pre-order both of those first pressings now and get it while the getting's good. I um, hope you're enjoying your summer. It's crazy out there. It's hot as just nuts out there. But this is what we do. We walk this walk together. We explore these conversations. We pick up the nuggets and hopefully we move forward with grace and bravery and, uh, and truth. So let's dive into this conversation with our friend, Sochi Lashe. Begin. I just want to take this moment with my friend, Krishna East Forest. So interesting why I am so emotional. This was a big dream for me. I think this is the beautiful beginning. This should be the beginning right here. This is our beginning. Total vulnerability and truth and conversations around, you know, stemming from that, that foundation. It's beautiful. Yeah. As, as much as I am such a teacher of vulnerability, (laughs) there's always those little parts of me that, um, you know, have a hard time being vulnerable. But I'm really feeling so emotional because, you know, we uh, we did a, a ceremony where we put my grandmother's ashes into the ground yesterday. And so I called in the energy of Pachamama, Donatin, Chundafe. You know, I, we did our rituals as a family. And so many things have happened prior to this. Somebody actually questioned, like, why would I call myself fifth generation medicine woman? Um, it was a person that didn't quite understand um, that it's because it's such an honor for me to talk about my ancestors because this work with plant medicines, this work of ancestral healing, the indigenous ways, Um, even though today we see, you know, like those, I call them like the Insta shamans, those those people that like go to Peru for two weeks. We call them uh, Trustafarians. (laughs) Yeah, that's Rada's term. Or no, what's the Tulumafarians or Tuluminatis? Tuluminatis. Tuluminatis. Yeah. Yeah, and they like, uh, and they, you know, they they come back and um, it's so easy for them to be so visible and like, I'll teach you how to do this and come and sit with this medicine and, you know, like how much I know about these medicine ways. I just find that extremely dangerous in so many, on so many levels. (laughs) Um, But to get back to this moment, it's, it's so important that I become a voice in this psychedelic ecosystem as an indigenous person, as an Afro-indigenous person, when there's been such a history of us not being able to practice our medicine. And then now that we are, it's, um, you know, there's not a lot of us talking. And 
you know, like I don't know of anybody that's uh, indigenous that has a podcast. Um, oh, yeah. That's <laughs> but, a good question. Yeah, you're a but, trailblazer. <laughs> that's talking about psychedelics, and I mean, and I'm inviting more, right? Like, while it feels kind of scary and a big responsibility and good to be here. Um, you know, I'm inviting more, like more. And if there are some that I haven't noticed, you know, let me know about them. Um, but I just want to thank you, my dear brother, East Forest. Please. Thank you. Um, I mean, maybe I just want to speak a bit to what you're talking about. First off, whoever would question why you say fifth generation, that to me, that's a bit of, that's just noise. Uh, but <laughs> I want to flip that around actually. And, you know, for myself, I don't know if my five generations back, my father actually got really into genealogy and it was, it's difficult. And even if you do find names and information, there's no real knowledge pathway there. That's very conscious let alone something like a practice such as medicine work. And let's let's just say that for millennia, uh, humans have been engaging in introspective work, probably with plant medicines in all sorts of ways, and it was more commonplace. But there's very few people, like that is being lost in the, in the more recent generations. So in mm-hmm. some ways, being like second generation would actually be more impressive. Or it's like, wow, you have a parent or a grandparent who's still passing this knowledge down and did, and you that's incredible these days. I mean, when I did a little work in the Amazon, it seemed like that was the end of the line with a lot of the older shamans because there's no one's picking it up really, or really fully. And so I want to honor the fact that mm. you have any lineage that's known and uh, your father and to those grandparents and that it, you, you spoke very much about how it was a family affair like that it was done as a family. And I'm just like, maybe I'm just looking at it from the outside, but I think that's just incredible and more and more rare and precious these days. That should be protected. Thank you so much. Yeah, it, you know, it was a really interesting conversation um, just because this was an individual that, and, and in many ways, this is such a good conversation, right? Because why the reason why um he wasn't questioning that i wasn't fifth generation he was questioning like uh you know like that sounds commercial (laughs) i was Mm. like and i was like what and so you have to understand you know that we as indigenous people are still in the process of decolonizing Mm -hmm. and to be you know visible as an indigenous person with the indigenous wisdom, there are some indigenous people that are not comfortable with us being out here and being visible and like talking about the ways because, you know, there's a lot of trauma of of being generous and sharing our ways and then not getting credit for it. Or, you know, be, I mean, the, you know, we shared um, the last time we spoke the story of Maria Sabina, this Masotec important medicine woman that really brought 
the knowledge of mushrooms um, in this way, right? To the Western world. And, and her house was burned, not by the white Westerners, but by her own community. Mm-hmm. Because she had done this. And then there's a, there's a really big wound. I had, I had no idea that we were, I had my little questions. This is, um, this is the way to do it. This is jazz. This <laughs> <laughs> is how, this is how I, this is, music's the same way. It's like, what's arising? Ceremony's the same way, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, what's arising and being in service to that? I mean, I think too, like fifth generation sounds commercial. It's like, okay, let's say, let's say it does on one level. Um, I think what's kind of so interesting and challenging about this moment we're in now is that you are also meeting the moment. Like Mm -hmm. to bring the medicine to people, you have to work inside a system that is colonized, that is capitalistic. It's crazy. Like, I don't want to be on Instagram. I really don't. But I do choose to because I've my yeah. both an advertising platform. It's one of the only ways I've been able to sell tickets that is like let people know there's a show. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, man, that's a bummer. But I have to also weave. And I think you're doing the same thing. And I would much rather have you out there sharing and serving as opposed to saying I'm not going to uh, because the system is too broken. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, this was, this was a person that hasn't done that work. I had a lot of compassion. I didn't get defensive, you know, it wasn't, like I said, he wasn't questioning. um, Like he knows I am fifth generation. He was questioning like my visibility. I get it. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And that wound of, of like, uh, it's not, it's not even like, you know, my white brothers and sisters, like criticizing me. Right. It's like my own people. Um, but you know, he's one of a very few, I, a lot of us are actually, uh, waking up in many ways to that. We need to heal that wound that it doesn't serve us anymore as indigenous people to not be visible because it is important for us to to also have a part on how this goes you know these absolutely are, yeah, yeah these these are our this is our sacred ancestry our incredible time and energy that we've spent generations and generations in really getting to know the plants not only their healing physical properties but how they connect us to spirit, our own, and the earth. And so if, if we're not here to, to see how that goes with, with the legalizations of these incredible medicines, these plant teachers, fungi teachers, ancestors, um, you know, you're, you're going to end up taking a a microdose as if it was Tylenol one day, like, oh, my head hurts, you know, without really connecting to the sacredness that this teacher is. 
Um, so I just, as we starting my first podcast, welcome East Forest. Uh, you've got to include that stuff earlier. I mean, I, but thank you. Thank you. That was the overture. I just want to say I'm so grateful for your time and energy and presence. Um, you really rose to the occasion when I, I asked and I said, can you mentor me? Can you be my podcast padrino? <laughs> I'll, add that, I'll add that to the resume. That's a new one. Yeah. <laughs> and that means the world to me. Um, because, you know, I, I was hearing, I was doing a lot of research on you. And for days, listening to your incredible music um, so that I can connect to your energy and really honor it here. And it's so beautiful that, you know, we met because of also this incredible documentary that you're doing with, with mushrooms and music and music for mushrooms. And... Um, so I'm really excited to have you here because it, like this wouldn't really be possible. I mean, it could have been, of course, the universe always makes this happen, whatever this is, our wish, our dream, our vision. But I'm really grateful for the folks that show up when you have a vision or a dream and they say, I am here, I will help you. And I will support you to make that happen. And I am like that too. And when you showed up like that, um, I was really floored because I know the time that it takes. Uh, well, it's, right my, now. Look, it's my pleasure. And <laughs> also, I mean, you know, let's be honest too. I just spent the entire day with you filming in your home. You'd given me a lot of your time. It's also just like, of course I'll help you. It's just like, um, so it's, what comes around goes around. It's just a circle of support and giving and conversations in different modalities. Uh, so I think this is great. Um, we just have to get, you have to promise me, when is the your date that your podcast is going to go live? Because if I'm, we're going to share this hopefully on my podcast <laughs> and everyone can hop over and hit subscribe because you're going to have some fantastic conversations. Oh, thank you. Well, I'm going to tell you the date. I'm following your teachings and you uh, you asked that I produce five before we launch the first. So At least three, yeah. Or but, three, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I got some interviews. I actually have an interview after you. So oh. I'm, a, I'm a really good student. <laughs> good, good. Exciting. Well, I am so happy that you're here, East Forest. And, um, you know, you are um, a person that is working with this incredible, magical healing medicine, which is psilocybin. And it has been a huge influence on, on your path and on your music. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when I, uh, Ramdas said that psilocybin started him on his spiritual path, and if you just stop for a second and think about that, I mean, probably a lot of people could say that, but Ram Dass, like maybe there wouldn't be Ram Dass if he hadn't been given psilocybin, synthesized psilocybin that he took with uh, Timothy Leary. 
And honestly, I could say the same thing. Like I had a very breaking open experience when I was 19. And I've basically ever since then, it'll, it, it started me on a, a path It showed me, it allowed me to feel a truth that I knew in my heart was true, but I, I needed strong medicine like that to break through the the depression and the anxiety and the malaise and the, the the story I'd grown up with that like, no, the world is what you see and it's rational and you pay your taxes and you get a job. And, and I was really depressed about that because um, my heart told me more. So absolutely, I owe so much uh, to the mushrooms and and so much more since then, but that was that was what started everything. So, one of the questions when I was thinking of like, oh, how do I want to do this podcast? Like, it's a conversation. What what questions do I, I want to ask? And I I went into meditation and I thought, oh, I have a, a question I want to ask. But now I'm remembering. Can we open sacred space? Because I want this to be really in alignment. Like everything I do um, that has, like any time that I speak on this beautiful medicine that we both work with, um, you know, I honor it so much that even even as we're about to go into podcast mode, Mm -hmm. um, like I want to honor it so it could also be here with us so that the spirit is also part of this podcast because, you know, psilocybin, the mushroom spirit is my biggest ally and best friend and family and ancestor. And so I want to invite this energy so that it could be present and be part of our team. How do you feel about that? Thank you. Yeah. I, thank you for doing that. Absolutely. Beautiful. So let's just, uh, and if you're out there listening to this, you can actually just follow my voice and also open the sacred space for yourself. So when you're listening, you also listen to the spirit of the medicine, sacred Teona Nakatl. Take a deep breath together. Donat Sin Pachamama Chundafe, Divine Mother Earth, as we open our sacred space today for this new podcast with my beautiful brother, East Forest, we call upon his whole lineage to be present, the well ancestors, and my whole lineage to be present, our well ancestors. And we call upon you to ground us in your beauty, in your love, in your magic. We also call the great spirit of Teonanakatl, the mushroom ancestor, our sacred teacher, ally, friend. Thank you for being here with us. As we speak about you, may we represent you to the best of our abilities and represent the healing, the love, the magic that you have for us. Thank you, Tonatzin Pachamama Chundafe, for sacred water, food, air, shelter. Thank you for always giving us everything, all the resources we need for our path. 
Thank you for all the beings, the animals, the plants, the insects, all our relations. Keep them safe, keep them healthy, keep them thriving. Calling in the energy of the sun, Taita Inti Tonatiu, to shine upon our podcast so that all the things that are the most healing, the most powerful for people that are hearing, may we speak on them. May we be a beacon of your sunshine through our work here on earth. Calling in all the well ancestors, the teachers, the guides, the protectors. Thank you for being here. Thank you because when we call upon you, you are always here guiding us, loving us, and reminding us that we are never alone. And together we are going to say a word that the Mexica used, it's a Nahuatl. And it means the divine feminine and masculine in all things. Ometeo. So at three, we say Ometeo together. Ometeo. <sighs> Ooh, that was so good. I feel, I feel ready to go. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So going back, there was a question that came through when I was in prayer meditation about our meeting today. And, you know, I thought of all the things I could ask you. Um, the first question I wanted to be in conversation about is, what is one thing that you find, like if you can, you can best communicate it, because I know it's not always one thing. But what is one thing that this beautiful being, the mushroom spirit, has taught you on your path? Ooh. I mean, if I had to try and sum it up, it's about trust or about there's, there's in some ways nothing to do, yet everything that is being done is important and, and sacred and valuable but that it's like all, it's all good in a sense. And it, it like gives me a glimpse into the mystery that's really important for me. You know, it's the unspeakable. I think that's why I like music so much. And I like essentially singing to the mushrooms through music because is there a better way? The only two ways I could think would be music or other forms of art and silence. Like just presence is a way of honoring that energy and art, creativity is a way of celebrating that energy. It's a kind of bridge to different dimensions. Uh, and that is something I've realized there's no destination. Like it's just a continual celebration of song, of spirit. And sometimes I'll forget that like for me, it's all about the music because the music is a way of getting us to remember these things, to feel it, to not just think about it. And for me, I, I'm always in my head. So it's like to feel it. And the, when I can tap into that energy 
when working with the mushrooms directly, it's just like this overwhelming feeling of that. I, I call it an infinite feeling, but some people might call it love or God or it's it's the ineffable, but it's an overwhelming feeling of isness and all that is and remembrance that's so important to feel it. Because you that's a cellular memory you carry, I carry when I when I'm not in an altered state of consciousness. And it's very alive for me at all times. And so in many ways I feel that since I had that first experience when I was 19, I have had other experiences with the mushrooms for sure since then, but kind of less and less over the last few years. And it feels no less alive in my life. It transcends time. It It's just what is. And it's a relationship that I'm very grateful for. And it, it feels like it, it guides me to something. But... Other psychedelic experiences, like mushrooms are definitely my, my OG ally, but I recently have had a lot of work in ketamine with uh, my partner Rod as a ketamine therapist in a clinic. So I had access and I just, I, I had actually a lot of judgment about ketamine. I thought, well, whatever. And I've had some of the deepest experiences I've had ever in there. And I just start to wonder like, you know, if all is all that is, and we have all these different ways of accessing tuning our antenna, essentially, even from breath work, you know, oxygen to various plants and mushrooms. Um, it just makes me think like all of this is within us. It's just, it's, it's just all that is. We're just sort of like opening ourselves to the capacity of it in different ways. And there's probably a reason why we're, in, it, you know, if, if we turned it all on at once, we'd probably just explode <laughs> into bliss. You just couldn't handle it in this mechanism, you know, this dimensional human bodysuit. We're meant to experience exactly what we're experiencing. And we can find ways and allies to shoot into like, wow, this is so much, but there's infinite more. And so a lot of times I think I've just been realizing that the curriculum on this campus earth is right here. And uh, it seems like as Ram Dass would say, I meant to, you know, let's, let's try taking the curriculum. And it, it becomes richer in that way what the thank god we have things like mushrooms to be able to access these other spaces because it at least for me especially today with with all the noise and techno everything i don't know if i would have made it mm -hmm. if i i really don't so i'm very grateful i love that you touch on that you know um because it's true like everything is within we have the capacity to connect with that consciousness um, through breath. It doesn't have to be through any plant medicine. And, um, and at the same time, how amazing. I feel like, like that, that this plant medicine is kind of like an, an arm of support, like a hand oh, yeah. that just like comes out and it's like, okay, you you know, you went to do a six, I mean, a 10 day Vipassana retreat, you came back and you were all good for a year. And then all of a sudden you forgot about it. Right. And, yeah. and it's like, Oh, and then the, the arm of the, of the plant spirit comes and it's like, Hey, somebody, you know, somebody tells you, you want to go to a mushroom <laughs> ceremony and you're like, okay. And then you remember right during the mushroom ceremony, like, Oh, 
yeah, like I, I had this a year ago through Vipassana meditation. And, you know, the mushroom spirit is telling me, like, the lesson is practice. Like, the lesson isn't like, take more of me. But the lesson is, it's about consistency and practice. And then it's like, oh, so you're, it's like, it's like, you're here to remind me that I can heal myself. Like, that I don't even need you right? Like what a teacher. And I, and, and I really like love that about, um, about the plants. Cause they're like, we're here fully in support, but you don't need us, mm. but we're here when, when you yeah. do. And that's incredible. I think it's, it's a big deal to absolve yourself of a destination or like enlightenment. I mean, what if you what if you tried that on a different way and thought like, well, enlightenment is your base being state. There's actually no arrival to it. It's actually more just remembering or sloughing off layers. And like you said, to think that the walk is the point. Like in that sense, we're always moving through time, always in a new place in every moment with every breath, quite literally, as we go through the the cosmos is literally just moving through space, new space every moment. And if, there will be ups and downs, just as there's an in-breath and an out-breath. And that is the point. That is the grist for the mill so that there's something to do. There's something to push <laughs> against so that we can learn, so that we can have the joys. The joys come from uh, the sorrows. And in that way, forgetting is the engine of remembering and they serve each other. It's not like, oh man, I, I I did the Vipassana and now I'm back here and being petty. It's like, oh yeah, and that it is painful and it sucks, but it's like now you can continue with the cycle. And that might be difficult to want to even accept, but it seems to be the playing field, right? It's like that's incarnation. And the blessing is that within that, we can have these sort of agape experiences of sisterly, brotherly love, human love, cosmic connection, animal, plant, nature. I mean, all of that's in there too. Art, creativity, humor. I mean, I've always said this, and but if if, if I were, if any of us were to design, like let's make a human existence or whatever, live, whatever this is, 3D existence. I mean, I, it, it could not be more complex. It, of course, it would be the richest. It would have everything, everything. And it, it, it does. <laughs> you know, <it's laughs> the horrors, the profane, the sacred, the, everything. So I, it seems like it's right in front of us in a lot of ways. It's like, why wouldn't it be just like this? Exactly. Yeah, like... I feel like we're done. Here's everything, you guys. You, you, we just resolved the meaning of life. <laughs> that, that is, though, I think what I feel often in stronger mushroom experiences, like you feel a sense of law. It's like I sense the pain and everything that's happened and the traumas. And I also sense, I just sense all of it. And it is just messy and intense and incredible. You just kind of maybe you're seeing just infinite faces in the history and like, wow. But in that law, it's not 
positive or negative. It's more like this is just causal relationships of choices and energy, karma, if you want to call it that way. And it's not even a judgment. It's a kind of balancing, like wind going from high pressure to low pressure. Uh, it is the nature of what's happening. And therefore, the choices you make do matter. They are causal. Uh, even internally, that inner work uh, radiates outward in this infinite form. And so you're not in uh, a speck that doesn't matter, quite the opposite. You're a part of a weaving and a web that's integral to a continual rebalancing that could find equilibrium, you know, and, 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 and maybe it does at times, but it's just sort of this art piece that we're all part of. We're all like have a paintbrush in our hand. And so that can be a lot to feel and handle, but it also on some level, I know I'm dancing around here, but that's because I'm <laughs> kind of just remembering it in real time. Yeah. I, I like, as you're talking about it, I mean, and also, it's also the prayer. Like, I feel like I'm in it with you. It's like, you can't fall. I had this, I have a song called can't fall out of love, but it came from a ketamine experience, but it's the same energy in any with mushrooms or anything else. And it's this idea that all that stuff I just spoke of, it feels like it's inside this container that is the great mother's arm. And you can't, you can't be outside of that. There is no way. So all that is happening is inside love. You can't f literally fall outside of love. You can't fall out of love. And that's the feeling I have over and over again. And that, and my, my, my sense after realizing that is, is thank God. Like it's a, it's the, that's grace. Because if we didn't have that, it would truly then be horror chaos. There's no, it's really, we're just sinking into horror and it's, but it's not. It's just, nope, I got you. Every time I'm like right on the edge oh. and I'm like scared, whether it's, I might, am I dying? Is it, or, and I, and I fall through that barrier. I'm always caught by all that is. And, and all that is, is the grace of the infinite mystery of like love. That's, that's the lesson. And it's me just coming back with my hands and my head bowed being, thank you, thank you, thank you for holding me amidst my mistakes, my, my petty grievances, my forgetfulness, my, my, uh, my humanity. And I have nothing to say, but thank God and truly thank God that. Yeah. I hear that so clearly because I, you know, all of my teachings are about that, about coming back to the knowing that there will always be that loving arm that's going to hold you even when you think like, oh no. Yeah. Like beyond how you said beyond the mystery and you're like, I'm like, what I'm going to fall. And it's like, nope, right here. And, um, you know, in, in our tradition, that's the earth. That's the mm. earth, divine mother spirit. Um, and I really so connect to that. And I love that this medicine that we work with and all like really truly like all the different plant medicines, the, their ancient code is to remind you of that, to remind you that yeah. you're always held. That's and, it. 
and that like like it, it's like remember remember like just remember you know i mean i do believe in like like not just mother earth like you know there's mother earth there's like the universe the galaxies like it, it, it yeah like you said like if we could even like we can't even name it because we would explode in in the physical form that we have now um but the earth for us is like the first mother that when we land here we are like oh when we forget right what like as, as spirits coming into into birth we forget that that we are in this incredible journey of spirit and we we come here and then you know life happens and it's like wait but let's remember again that yes life happens but there's this like incredible being of, of pure love that gives you everything you need for your journey right just like when i forget it's like oh i just need to breathe like there's the abundance. There's like, you're so provided for. You are so provided for always. And yet, right? It's that forget, remember, forget, remember. And um, what I have found is that a lot of our healing has recently, has really been shown that it has to do with like healing our, our generations so mm. that we can really be here on earth with such clarity and and sovereignty from all of all of that our you know our our ancestors have have lived through so that you could just like be here imagine like and and that's what your music gives to me is that like when i listen to your music i mean and i i i went through all of your music right oh my god <laughs> have, that must have, have taken a, a long time you have a lot of music by the way which is incredible because some of your tracks are our journey itself they're like they're 25 minutes <laughs> yeah there's an album that's five hours yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and you know your music takes me there to this place of oh yeah it's trust and so I, I'm just bringing it back because that was the question is like, the first thing you said is like, what I, I, I learned was trust. And your music like is so infused with that. Like I can just sit yeah. and, and, and hear that like, oh yeah. Like for this moment, I can just trust. And you know, trust is a big, big one because in many ways it's also surrender. Mm. Absolutely. I, I, right? Like I often say, like trust and surrender are Siamese twin sisters, you know, connected. And so, yeah, your your music is like I just sat, you know, I I heard it in different, you know, on, on the rooftop, uh, watching the sunset. I I listened to it while I was microdosing, and I was like, woo, okay. And then I even remembered, you know. Um, Shia Ray, who just interviewed you and is a really good sister of mine, she said the same thing. Uh, you know, she's like, I didn't even know what an al what album was playing, but when I heard your music, I just like felt like, oh, this is mushroom music. And so I just want to acknowledge you that you really 
um, connected to the spirit and it, you know, you feel it, you feel it in your music and you feel the trust. So thank you. I'm the lucky one that the mushrooms uh, graced me with speaking through in that way. I mean, my process is when I'm um, making music, rehearsing music, any playing music is to try and get in touch with that feeling, that that infinite feeling of, of hope and remembering and then play music that makes me feel that way. And that is as simple as I am a neurotic human with a lot of problems and I need a lot of medicine to remember. And what's so, I don't know if ironic is the right word, but like my own like shortcomings as a human is what allows me to have to keep diving into that space. And then basically by sharing that and recording what's helping me, it can help others because we're all in different degrees going through the same predicament of like, how do I make sense of all this? There's so much going on. <laughs> <laughs> like I need to remember. And, and there's so many ways to that's practice. That's a kind of practice, but that's just what's been working for me. Uh, and I have nothing but gratitude that that, that can become something that uh, I can do every day because I need to do it every day. So it actually gives me an excuse to do it every day, uh, <laughs> you know, and thank God. And it can be fun. Uh, it can be really hard. I mean, just just this last week, boy, did I forget. Um, I was in a real tailspin of stress about very worldly things. That's what always gets me is, is feeling like I have to protect myself or that, um, like, I think it's how I grew up with my father. And that can be a very, that, that kind of negative worrying can become a bit of a snowball or a big snowball. And once you're in it, it's very difficult to see outside that or to get back in touch with that, uh, larger energies. And I had to do some journey work the other night at, at Rada, my partner's encouragement and it it made me turn the corner it made me help me remember get perspective again bring the temperature way down those those things didn't go away but it's my trust comes back i'm like well yeah that is stressful but i also can add in this huge element of like but i trust that this is all moving and will take care of itself and um uh, there's a process here and i'm okay it's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. And we all need that more and more, a kind of fortitude of support as the world continues to collapse and transform. That's so true. And I'm so grateful for, yeah, we we have these medicines, right? We have, well, we have so many practices. It's just a matter of us. Have, it does take like a humility also, like... Uh, you know, I, I too had like a pretty intense week. It must be something also in the planets. Um, I blame and, the planets. Yeah. Let's Absolutely. blame the planets, right? It's them. It's not us. Me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah. And, you know, I, I, I have mentors and um, I do therapy too. You know, one of the things that I'm really committed is that if you're going to do any work for anyone else, like of support, of holding space, of, of helping people grow, like 
Yeah. This kind of also goes into like, you know, vet your medicine people, right? Like make sure that these mm. people are also, you know, maybe if, if they're indigenous medicine people not living in the Western world, like make sure that they're like having a council that they can be counseled at as well. Mm-hmm. Because like, if I don't do my work, there's no way I can, you know, hold the ceremonies that I hold. Um, so yeah, it was so great. I had a, a, a therapy session. Like, I just like, I made it, you know, the next day I, after this event with a family member. And uh, it just, you know, I got through it and it, it was it was just, oh, and then I also, you know, microdosed and did my own ceremony and I got through it, like something that would have stayed with me maybe for six months, a year, who knows, maybe if I, you know, if I wasn't in the practice, like really doing my work, that could have stayed with me for years. And Mm. I'm so grateful Mm. that we have these, these practices and these ways that are here to support us because you're right. Like the earth is going through a great shift. Like that's undeniable. Um, You know, you don't have to be somebody that is connected spiritually to the earth to know that these are some powerful shifting times. And, um, and yeah, like our, I think our job is to stay as grounded as possible. And like, whenever the earth shakes, like, Oh, like learn to dance, right? Like, Oh, okay. It's shaking. (laughs) You know, I could either like fall on the floor or I can get grounded and, and, and learn to dance. So you spoke about your father and, you know, a lot of my work with, uh, psilocybin and with these, uh, traditional indigenous ceremonies is really supporting others and, and healing their ancestral trauma or generational trauma. Mm And um, this medicine has been so powerful for that. Quite incredible. People, you know, that had been trying to do this work um, with therapy, which I, I still think is amazing, right? But it's like they they had tried with like many, many different ways. And then they, they did it with this medicine and they were able to really get to the bottom well i don't know if the bottom of it but the source yes. sometimes the source is is not just like one generation like your father right but it, like the beautiful thing about this medicine is that it allows you to really see like oh no this is like boop, 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 boop. i mean sometimes we've seen 14 generations right or uh three generations and um it's really beautiful when people get it and then they they have the history where they can confirm it. But even when you you don't confirm it, it's not even about that. It's about like allowing yourself to heal it. And the the answer to knowing like did, did I heal that really, truly, or at least did I it bring enough awareness so I can start on the journey is like you you really do notice significant shifts in your life places where you were blocked all of a sudden it's you're not blocked there right so maybe not with your father or maybe with some other you know family member or generational uh, burden that you may have explored have you done some of that work or have you uh have you gotten the support with 
with medicine, with plant medicine to see some of that and heal some of that. Before we continue with the rest of this episode, I'd like to take a moment to thank the sponsors of this podcast. Teona Center Retreats, the only woman and indigenous-owned psilocybin retreat space. Teona Center offers legal and safe opportunities to experience the healing power of Teona Nakatl, or sacred mushrooms. Retreats are held in beautiful San Miguel de Allende, Mexico, a city whose color, charm, and magic deeply support participants on their healing journeys. And as a thank you for being our listener, Teona Center would like to offer all Sacred Psychedelic listeners $150 off your next psilocybin retreat. Make sure to visit the show notes to learn how you can join Teona's next psilocybin experience. Let me ask you a question to answer that. I've felt, and let me, let me know if you feel this is true or you can add some color to it, that if you kind of viewed like a tip of an iceberg coming out of the ocean is us alive, incarnate. And below the water is this massive iceberg, like a pyramid. And that is all of our ancestral tree. And that there's something really important and sacred about being alive. And one of the reasons is in this space, the choices we make actually like the healing of our own traumas, all the things we do reverberate and they start to heal for the people who are not incarnate. So it's a kind of like service backwards in time. And I also oddly feel that there's this other invisible pyramid flipped on top that is into the future. And in that way, there's a, there's a powerful preciousness to being alive because, oh, you're in the space where you can start to affect all these other things from before and, and to come. Do, do, is that something you found is, uh, there's any other people who share that feeling or is that an indigenous perspective? Yeah, well, it's definitely an indigenous perspective. You know, we say seven generations forward and seven generations back. Mm. But I really feel the number seven is more to say like that's that's how long we will remember and we will try to keep a record at this point. Right. But I mean, we also know that it's beyond, beyond seven generations forward or past. Mm-hmm. And yeah, in, you know, what, what, I think it's important about that is that we're not only um, inheriting the burdens, but we are also inheriting the incredible blessings. And I, I see it as if we were, you know, there was a, an, a bank account that had a hundred million dollars. And the moment you do work around healing those burdens that you may be carrying, it's like somebody gives you a account number and you go to the bank and then you find out that there's like a hundred million dollars in it that your ancestors have deposited for you of blessings. Right. And um, I'm a so Trustafarian yeah. <laughs> of blessings. <laughs> oh, I knew you were going to say that. Good news. <laughs> How awesome if it was like, Trustafarian, because like they called you Trustafarian because you're so trusting of the universe. Yeah, I mean, who knows, <laughs> right? Um, you know that, like that movie, 
soul was that what it's called the disney one i think it was or, oh yeah <laughs> i'm, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry whoever made it i thought it was incredible and i love that the guy spinning the sign was the, the basically the enlightened dude in the flow it's like and we look at sometimes people and we're like oh that's just some kid he's probably caffeinated and high just spinning a sign it's like what if what if we never know you know who where people are at and who's what and so of course we're in jest but it's like the dances we do and and the roles we play for each other we we all have the capacity for the total highs and the lows um yeah. And I think it doesn't escape anyone. We feel it all at one point or another. Yeah, for sure. And so is there is there one story that you'd like to share about something that the medicine helped you heal within your lineage? Well, the do you feel like we as a as a being or a person, you sort of have a chief goal or a chief obstacle in a way or let's just try that on for a second and so like for me if i had a chief obstacle it'd be impatience and that absolutely feels like something i've inherited and so what are the symptoms of that it, it can be worry or anxiety or always pushing trying mm -hmm. to make things go faster which just brings me basically various forms of pain <laughs> but i keep doing it and I'm still working with this uh, medicine big time. And the medicine, when I have worked with plant medicines, it, it teaches me, it shows me this in a way. So it's not changing my behavior. They're these great illuminators. It's just like, I see it. I'm like, oh, there it is, right. And it shows me maybe alternatives or allows me to embody what other things might feel like. And then I get to come back and walk my walk more and try things. And I guess if you want a, a concrete example, I can just speak about right now, you know? Um, yeah, I I'm at a, love that. This last week was hard because I've gone through a lot of changes with my work and my work and my personal life are so intertwined because I don't know, there's just not much difference. Um, and with COVID and coming out of that, it was pretty seismic shifts in the music industry. And then so this has been a lot of change and a lot of um, people I've been working with that have come and gone that you thought would be like long-term relationships. Or, and, and that's always been sad and stressful. And I think I had an idea in my head at, in my youth, like of where you want to be or what you want to do. And on one level, it's completely different than what I thought. And on another level, it's like I finally things started to happen in a way after 20 years where it's like, wow, some of those things that I've been d pushing for and, and moving towards are, I actually can almost touch them. I can see some of them. I can feel some of them. But on the other hand, I'm so stressed out or, or anxious that I don't even know if I want any of this anymore. Like, I don't know if I can handle it. I'm, I, I, my humanity feels like it's collapsing under the weight of everything. And it feels like the energy is, is pushing in a way. It's like just pushing forward. And I just feel confused on that way. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to do sometimes, a lot of the times. And yet you have this knowing inside. It's more about the, the how, not the why, it's the how. 
and we're meeting a moment of a world that's so dynamic. And uh, I mean, this does circle back lit to, to what we talked about at the beginning. Like, um, what was the word? Like, it, it looked commercial or it looked. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I feel the same thing. Yeah. What was the term? Or it was like. He said, he's like, he was like, what, why use five generations? Like, it's so commercial. Commercial. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and like sell out, basically. Yeah. Like, and like, don't sell yourself out. And I was no like, one wants to be that way. Right. And then, but you also, we have ambition. And that's, and that's part of my lineage, too. And that actually then gives me the fire so that I even want to do any of it. And so it all works together. Yeah. And I have to honor that. It's like, even my anxiety. Or how I grew up with my parents serves my drive to find an alternative and do the music. I mean, it's all a beautiful masterpiece of art, all of our lives together. And so it, the medicine has helped me to trust. But when I get in these moments of confusion, I have to learn how to loosen the grip. And that can be hard to do when... Mm. There's a story in your mind that says like, yeah, but my discernment or my hard work or my whatever, maybe my stress is what got me here in a way. But as you get older, for myself, that story starts to break down and you start to see more of the back nine versus the front nine. And you're thinking, okay, there's an end to this. How do I want to be through this next period? It's not going to go on forever. Whether, you know, you start to think about legacy or you start to think about, because, you know, none of that really matters. None of it. It's like, what really matters is like the, the presence and love and forgiveness I can bring to others and myself, my partner, to Rada, to my family. That's what really matters to me. The kind of compassion I can bring to myself doing this kind of work. That'll never, there's no destination. You, in some ways, it's like, what doesn't matter which rung of the ladder because <laughs> yeah. it's all just another rung and so um, it's just it's it's just zoom out it's like wherever you are there's always going to be more in front of you and less in back it's always going to no matter where you are so that's a struggle and and so the medicine has been helping me over the years work with that because i know if i didn't have any perspective on that it would be nothing but stress and pure drive but i also don't think i would have even made it this far because i um before the medicine work my artistic pursuits were not that interesting they were pandering like it was all about what will work in a sense you know like what kind of art do people want to see or hear and that's just not interesting to see or hear <laughs> and then once i started making music that i needed to hear and I didn't, it's like, I guess it doesn't matter if it gets sold or if anyone hears it. Oh, big surprise. Now it's actually interesting to listen to. And other people are like, I want to hear that. I need to hear that too, because it's a common thread. So in, in essence, like the motivator of the mushrooms being like your North Star, I'm sure like has been everything as far as how it's driven creativity. So, I mean, that's, that's. Not really one story. It's a bit of a word salad, but just painting a picture of like where things are at right now. Well, it's quite amazing that you speak on that because a lot of my, not just week, but month has been contemplating, um, you know, I call it like the expansion 
yeah. contemplating the expansion of like, wow, like this is, I've prayed for this for so long and here it is, but I am feeling burnt out. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah. It's like, how do I want to do this? Yeah. 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 And, <laughs> and um, I have to say that there is some magic to that, right? Because even though we can explain it in the bigger terms, like kind of cosmic terms of like, well, this is just the expansion, contraction, expansion, contraction. There's also um, like, remember to play. Remember to play. Remember to play. And oh, wow. That was actually the message for my journey two nights ago. (laughs) <laughs> like if I had to sum it up, it was like, it's all about the music and it's called playing for a reason. Like that's what all of this is about. All of it is su- to support that. And like, just that's, do, you're forgetting that, the thing. I'm like, oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. You get so wrapped up in the details, you know? And I, and I would think, and you can tell me if, you know, what, what your thoughts on this are, um, but I think that both of our work actually has that like connecting string that's part of this big weave. But with my work, it's really about like doing all this ancestral work, releasing all that has been a burden, and then coming back to remember that we are here to play. I don't know why that gives me a sense of disappointment. I think that's a part of my <laughs> rational mind. It's like, no, but it's about success and work. And I, I was right. But in honesty, like the last time I felt that sense of play and total purity, I was age five. And I did this darkness retreat like a month ago or so, maybe a little more. And it was hard. But it allowed me to go back in time. I had a lot of time to just sort of go through these journeys of memory and remember like, well, when was the last, when? Just kept going backwards and backwards. It's like, oh, I was okay, I was five. After that, I kind of was broken. Where I was like, no, you have to, you have to succeed in this system. You have to go to school. You have to get approval and off to the race as we go. But boy, was it an amazing, amazing feeling to only be in that space of present play. Amazing feeling. Not even knowing another feeling. Not even a meta awareness that like, oh, I have to remember that thing or go back to it. It's like, no, it's only this. And that is what being alive is and was then. It still is now. I just have to keep, I keep having to remember or, or provide practice or consciously make space for it. But you're very, it's very right what you're saying. It feels right to me. Well, and in, in many ways, you know, like I, when I first said, you know, your music is infused with like the feeling that just comes like trust. Um, but like what's trust? Like that's the other, you know, the other sister of trust is is safety. Mm. Mm. Right. And while really no one can provide a space of safety unless you feel safe within and yourself. Um, 
even the attempt of providing a safe space, it, I feel is like such a deep way that we can love someone. Mm. And so your music makes me feel trust, but also makes me remember like I am safe in this, um, you know, beautiful dark womb that we are like dancing in on all kinds of levels. Well, um, I want the music to be an echo, a direct echo of that feeling of safety and trust that we can feel uh, from the universe. And, uh, you know, it's so I spoke about how it, the process of making it helps me, but my outward desire with it and sort of mission or goal was that I I'm really want to see if I can make music, record it, put it out there in the world. It gets digitized into these fractal forms as music and everything is now. And then that can be used as a guide. And that same echo can reverberate to other people without me now even being involved forever and guide them through those deep inner experiences so they can remember. It's just, can I please be a small prism you know, a piece of glass or uh, something, just a, a little speaker that just is, the universe is passing through like it is all of us. But I wanted to think like, can we expand these experiences with technology? Essentially, music is a technology, Spotify, whatever. Um, I think we can. I think music is an incredibly powerful guide to the psychedelic experience, if not the primary guide. And the second one I'd put right there with it is ceremony container, which is often a human being helping with that, but you know, ritual. You put those two together with your own intention walking into it, you're 95% there, if not more. And so creating a kind of music that can work in a contemporary landscape and, 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 and speak to people who maybe don't have a background with this kind of work and those who do, but for all the people who are curious and giving them that sense of safety inside the experience, they need a kind of guide. And it's like, what better way than music that you can just hit play? It might, it doesn't really cost you much and it'll take you from start to finish and hold you while that medicine's working through you. I think that's incredibly important these days. Well, thank you for, for doing that. Thank you for, for hearing the call and making it happen. Because as I was saying, like just to circle it back, right? Um, trust creates a space of safety. And when you feel safe, you can really play. Mm -hmm. so thank you that's a great reminder for me i'm writing something down here because like <laughs> I, I'm, yeah i try to like pick apart why i feel anxiety right and it's like yeah. okay if i can ask people who i'm working with it's like when we're making each other feel safe you know if that's sort of like your goal in a way then we know then we can play oh for sure 100 percent. i can forget the ingredients of the soup in a way it's like I just want it to taste savory. It's like, okay, okay, that's great. So we gotta, what do we put in it? You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, so there's been like incredible research about this. Um, but for me, it was just so simple. Like, you know, that when children are recovering from trauma, they play. But when they're still very much deep in the trauma, 
they don't, they have a really hard time. Even if other children are trying to get them to play, they won't play. And so when a child starts feeling safe, they can play. And um, yeah, I'm taking a notes too. <laughs> I'm literally taking notes, right? <laughs> yeah, and and you know, I always thought like I'd love this this podcast to also offer some practical tools so that when folks listen, they they can get medicine that they that then they can apply. And so I think right here, this is such deep medicine, which is that if you are not playing enough or not enough, that's not the right word. But if you're not, if you don't feel like you, you have spaces of play and you're mostly in spaces of anxiety or depression, check in to your safety. Like, are you hanging out with people that are safe? Meaning that they're honoring your greatest self and honoring your path. Are you living in a safe space? Are you, you know, there's a lot of things we cannot control about safety, but there's things that we can. And so the practice then for myself and one that I'm sharing for all of us is like, what, what, where are the places that we have control of that can provide us healthy safety, right? Not like I'm going to keep myself safe and therefore I'm going to shelter and not go outside and, and play, but more like what, what are my needs that need to be met for, for me to feel safe in the space right now Yeah. so that I can play. And, and maybe it could even be a check-in with ourselves, right? Like for me, to be totally vulnerable. It's like, yes, I pray because I bring in the spirit, but I pray when I open sacred space, even for this podcast, because if any of my energy is like, you know, all like over here and not really centered and grounded, um, when I pray, it's just like, shoop, it brings me back. So I do it for myself. I just, right. Like, what a what a great tool um but yeah is there there's you have so much beauty that you've created i mean i invite all of our listeners to just go through incredible uh you know discography is that what it's called that is it yay yeah, i mean there's there's a lot i mean it's been a long time so i mean i've you know been producing records for a long time so there's a lot of work but also i think there's a there's a fair bit of diversity in there. So, I mean, if you drop the needle randomly, you might hear some different things and anything from like, I have records like the music from Mushrooms album that is designed to guide a journey and it was recorded in a journey and it was improvised to the Ram Dass album that's was recorded in a studio. It was more like you're writing songs. It's thoughtful. There's guest artists. There's of course Ram Dass. And those are different flavors to me, but the glue that holds it together, I often find, is is that sense of wanting to remind myself and others of that hope and that trust. And so I think that's within as a through line of the different music. And we met because of our, our friend in common, Dream, and she connected us. Uh, but really, when we really connected was when you came here to San Miguel de Allende, Mexico to interview me because mm. you're working on an incredible documentary. 
Yeah. Now I haven't really talked about it much. It's not a secret, but um, it's just been a process for over the last year. We're getting very close to, I don't know, making more of a public presence, sort of launching like, okay, this project is getting out there in the world, but we still have a ways to go with post-production. But I was, you were one of the the last uh, planned interviews. I'm, I'm, we'll probably have to do a few more. We just don't know what they are yet. You won't know until you start to see it put together. And uh, it was so fun. Uh, I'm trying to think if you're the only international one, perhaps that was in person. <laughs> um, it was great though. I mean, it's it wonderful if you'd open up your home and, and get to spend that time and come down to San Miguel. And I had a really powerful, powerful conversation with you. And I'm feeling really hopeful that that's going to be sort of this cornerstone way of launching the story. Because it's ultimately a story about music and, and mushrooms and ceremony and the role that plays in transformation, which is a lot of what we're talking about today, really, right? And I, I'm trying to tell that story as an, it's a, it's an active story of my own investigation and then how I'm trying to bring that into the world in various public ways and the challenges of that and the que really the questions that come up as we're in this process as a people. And it's like, look, a lot of this hasn't been done yet. Is that a good idea? I don't know. Or is this safe or will this help? Uh, and in that telling that story, at least my goal at this point is that that would hopefully inspire some people who watch it to go on their own journey in their own way because there isn't one way right and there isn't one answer but it's more about inspiration and doors opening for people to say i think i that maybe i actually could do that thing or that thing might work for me so it's a process well i'm really grateful that you reached out because you know you are a person that has been committed to making sure that you do this in right relationship with the medicine, uh, with, you know, with yourself, with the, also uh, respecting indigenous ways with the medicine. And I really appreciated that you wanted to bring an indigenous perspective of how to connect to this medicine into your documentary. And I really, really appreciate that. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I, I would like to do more. Um, but like you said, there's, it's actually strangely not as easy to amplify those voices. And uh, you're a rare bird in that one, we met, and two, you have this lineage, and three, you're public about it. And four, I really love that you're a woman. <laughs> Shall I say you identify as a woman? I never yes. quite know how to yes, say it. Yes, I I'm identify. Sorry. She, her. Uh, yes. All and, good. Um, it's just so it's just a perfect alignment as like oh I'm so happy you're up for it because it's like so many so many things in that as like all of those things I want to amplify and um it's it, it is very very important to include you're right to include that in this story because it's part of the greater story and it's not just like what's the science behind this or What's happening right now? It's like, well, we got to have a broader story than that for sure. And, you know, I, I come, my background, it was 2008 when I started doing this music for myself and a friend of mine 
named Lewis pushed me into doing ceremonies for people. It wasn't my plan or I didn't think like, I'm going to, I'm going to be a shaman. I don't, I don't definitely don't call myself a shaman. My, but my point is like back then there really wasn't a lot of uh, stuff happening out there. It was still very like not cool. And there was maybe one or two websites and they couldn't even get advertisers. Cause you're like, Oh God, you're talking about psychedelics. Ugh. Like you guys are crazy. Like <laughs> it was not a, th- cool thing and so it wasn't that i wasn't seeking out like indigenous wisdom or help i honestly didn't there just wasn't much that i I knew what to do and i did go to a lot of indigenous ceremonies actually all of my ceremonial work was in through indigenous a very like pure work uh, whether it was amazonian shamans in ayahuasca to lakota sweat lodges uh to san pedro in the Andes with our dear friend Cucho. Um, and, but with mushrooms at least, I didn't know where to go or what to do. And so I just started kind of making music for myself. And, but I would learn as much as I could through those ceremonies. And, and the Lakota Sweat Lodge was amazing because that was in Oregon where I was living and I did it two or three times and the 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 guy who was running it he called me up we kind of became friends and he says hey um i don't normally do this but my person who tends the fire can't come tomorrow and i don't know i have this intuition maybe we should do this together and i ended up tending fire for a little bit for him which is this amazing experience to like huge honor be on the yeah be on the outside and and get to just learn and ask questions and like you talked about um, your direct experience with the the plant medicines being the real teacher and like just doing the work in that way versus, and I couldn't agree more. Like if I could say, if anything has taught me, it's just working with the mushrooms, especially more than my own journeys, but is working with them to be in service mm-hmm. with other people. It's taught me so much, so much. Uh, and so... I guess I'm grateful that I had those all those years of doing that, but I also there is a little bit of me that feels guilty or like, oh, I didn't go to a there wasn't a school for this or I didn't go train in wherever for ten years. I was like, I didn't know what to do. I just started doing things, and here I am. But so it's all just sort of real world working with folks and myself. Um, but at the end of the day, there's many roads to Rome, and there's plenty more to learn and. Um, I think we're all just, like you said, if we can come with humility and, uh, uh, this, the notion of we're still students, it's like, you're just doing your best to be in service to everyone and yourself and the universe and the, the earth. And that's all we can do. So you share what you have to share. <sighs> yeah. And with that, wow, what an incredible conversation. Yeah, thanks. This is going to be great podcasts. I can't wait to hear all your other guests. <laughs> Thank you so much. So you have a new album that just came out. Yeah, I have one called Burren with my dear friend Peter Broderick. And we recorded it in Ireland. And it was all done in one week. And it's just wow. we, we microdosed mushrooms that he foraged from the land outside every day. And I always say to people, it's like, I have never 
had an experience where in one week an entire album comes out and every song we recorded uh, appears on the album in the order it was recorded. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, that's just weird. I, I, we assumed like, yeah, we'll record stuff, some stuff we won't use, whatever. But when it was all done, we're like, I think, I think we're gonna use everything. I actually don't think we should reorder it. Like that's, it just happened. And I, I remember saying like, I don't know how that happened. And then I'm like, well, okay. It's probably had something to do with the microdosing and the mushrooms working through us. Cause we also, <laughs> we asked them to. We said, yes. please land this beautiful land. We were around this Irish countryside, this Burren mountain. Please, mushrooms land, speak through us. And boy, did it. <laughs> <laughs> so check that album out. Well, congratulations. And is there, uh, you want to, I mean, I'm going to have all the links, of course, so that all my beautiful community can check your incredible music out. Um, but is there anything you would, would like to share before we close today? Just, just to keep walking and like when we start to feel really negative or down and alone, as I, I did the last few days, uh, to find whatever it is that can remind you, whether it's a good friend or counsel or nature or music or your own creativity or whatever it is, uh, lean in because we can't we can't fall out of love in the end. We can forget, but remember that allows us then to have the joy of remembering in this great cosmic game of peekaboo. And it's joyful to remember. Perhaps what this whole thing is, is returning to God. So it's just like, Peekaboo! And they're like, ah! <laughs> and it's just we could just so we can do that one more time, and then we'll do it again. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna close for us if we can close our eyes, and if you're driving, don't worry about this. And let's just take a deep breath and receive everything that was transmitted here on this episode my first episode. And the prayer is that whatever medicine was here for you, that you can take it into your heart and share it with all your community so that you can live a most beautiful life. And may Pachamama always, always support your life, support your path and guide you and may Taita Inti the great sun light and shine upon you and may you play 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 blessings everyone thank you Sochil check out her podcast the link is below in the show notes and uh, always great to share new shows and new people and lift each other up this song that you're hearing in the background is called Duet on the Ocean Floor. It's from the Burn album. And we actually just released a video for this that's animated. It was really fun to work with uh, some animators to create this. It's on YouTube. Uh, you can see links on Instagram and socials, I believe. Um, but the song, Duet on Ocean Floor. And please check it out. Uh, Hope to see you on the road. Thank you again to all of our folks on Patreon, patreon.com slash eastforest. And you guys keep walking your walk. Don't take any shit. But if you do, do it with grace. Grace.